Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Visit fergusonshowrooms.com to shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to meet with our experts at your local Ferguson bath, kitchen, and lighting gallery. Together we'll help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in. Get started on your project and discover extraordinary products like the Pro Grand Range by Thermador. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Real quick, we had some truly weird technical difficulties on this episode. If you're new to the show, I assure you we don't normally sound like this. Please accept our apologies. On with the show. (laughs) Hug clowns. That's the point of this movie. Yeah. Hug clowns. If you hug them, it takes away their power. <laughs> yeah. And their pistols. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about this movie, man. I'm a bit stunned. We've seen Joker. We're going to have a spoiler-filled review. Uh, <laughs> I'm David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And you are listening to DC On Screen, the podcast that covers the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, gives honest opinions on project projects of coming and past, and believes that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it has been released, it is fair game. Beware of spoilers. Welcome to the show. All right. So, uh, yeah, man, we, 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 we saw the Joker. We saw Joker. And uh, that was some heavy shit, man. That was some heavy shit. Like... It's going to probably take a couple of viewings for me to really... Yeah. I, I, pardon me once more time to digest it, but we'll have it. We'll have more time. We we will. We're already planning a, a second episode, but um, this is going to be like a like first thoughts, initial thoughts yeah. on this thing. Uh, and if we, if we don't have the opinion you want, give us time. We might change your mind. <laughs> um, Just, yeah, come back again. And that's not an indicator of, of any damn thing, really. Uh, I, oh, I, I mean, just to start, I'll I'll, I'll say that was a uh, that was intense, and uh, I think in the good way. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's not an enjoyable experience in the sense that you're going to like you're not going to walk away with happy feelings from this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's some some real fun shit happening on screen, and it also doesn't feel like when. Uh, Phillips and company were saying before it's not going to be like a regular comic book movie. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. Nice enhance. They underplayed a couple things they did, but it's not a regular comic book movie. <laughs> no. This feels like an art house movie where they just stole the idea of the Joker and mm-hmm. put it into... That is exactly the way it sounds. I feel like Todd Phillips is maybe a genius for that, if for nothing else. Yeah. Because I feel like he totally just said, I want to explore this. Mm-hmm. 
Fuck the rest of it. What is an IP that's really recognizable that I could attach to this so people will actually watch it <laughs> or and or it could actually get made? Yeah. Um, but for what it's worth, yeah. he did a good job with it. Oh, yeah. It was a solid film. Um, I mean, solid piece of filmmaking. Like it, uh, I don't know what does and doesn't win at Venice, blah, 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 here and there. I don't keep up with the movies enough to know that. I, really mm-hmm. don't. I do know it was a solid fucking film. It was pretty good. I, a I, lot of... Uh, a lot of heart into that thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I forgive me. I was just a little bit bored. <laughs> like you know, at, at certain points, I'm just like, oh, okay, dude. I don't need to see like three more minutes of him slowly dancing. I get it, but I don't think that was dancing. Uh, what do you think it was? Tai Chi. It did look like Tai Chi, didn't it? It did, and I say that because it's one of the uh, alternative treatments for anxiety. Oh, that's Every good. Time he did it. He was. Experiencing extreme anxiety. Yeah, but then certain times he was dancing. Yeah, certain times he was just straight. Yeah, like the only scene in the film that actually did bore me that, um, mm-hmm. was like the actual the, the you know the one shot of the the movie mm-hmm. with him doing the the arms up and everything. That scene of him walk, like kind of dancing down the steps mm-hmm. is really the only one that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> was the the titular scene, I guess. Yeah, I can, I could see that. I could see that. Because I, um, I got the point of it. I mean, he's he's liberated in his own way, and he's he's just nothing left to lose, as he puts it later, and all that. I get yeah. the point of the scene. I just after a while, I was like, all right, well, we can watch him dance down these steps for a second now. Yeah. Now, yeah, I I did think at certain points, like that looks like some sort of like martial art or something that yeah. he was doing. I do think it was Tai Chi. And um, Tai So yeah, I mean, and that's great that you know that. I mean, you're a psychology major. I, I not. They don't teach that shit in psychology. Oh, where'd you learn it? Uh, just from the world. Oh, from yeah. the world. Yeah. The dirty old world. Yeah. They, uh, it's weird. Psychology major, they don't actually teach you treatments uh, as oh. much as they just kind of treat you like disorders. It, that doesn't seem logical. No, well, yeah, it doesn't. But then, like, to actually practice psychology, you need to go to school for another three or four years. So mm. then they teach you treatment. Oh, okay. They don't want you treating anyone. Yeah. <laughs> if you're an actual psychology major, you know just enough to be dangerous, uh-huh. which is right where I am. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about Joaquin. I think he did a great job. I knocked it out of the park. I think he killed just it. Just Jesus Christ. That was good. <sighs> Actually, uh, at, I worked the other day. Somebody said, like, oh, you're going to see the Joker? You're gonna... Oh, I'm sorry. They said, like, oh, you're going you're gonna to see uh, Johnny, Johnny Cash play the Joker? I was like, uh-huh, yeah. You say that now. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen the teasers and the trailers. When we're done with this film, you're gonna be like, "Hey, remember when the Joker was Johnny Cash?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't. I think he did a really great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people saying like, "Oh, well, I mean, he did a good job, but he didn't, you know, bypass X actor." Usually, Heath Ledger is what I'm saying. Yeah. But um, Ledger became the high water mark, and I get it. He did a great job. Well. It's a completely different character. Mm-hmm. They weren't going for the same thing. And it has been every time they've done the Joker. Mm-hmm. Somebody has done a different take on him every single time. Burton. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, whoever you want to say directed the 66 and uh, episodes and yeah. Ledger. I just say Bill Dozier because it was his show. Yeah, but. Dozier's. Yeah. Uh, they, they all went for a very different thing. And so did Todd Phillips. Mm-hmm. And they found a very different note. And they played the shit out of that note. I, I really like, because there, there are scenes in this movie, whole segments of it, that we almost nonchalantly find out are not real. 
Yeah. And I dug that and I really liked I really liked what they specifically showed us was not real. And I like that there were a couple of things that they kind of left up to question. Oh, yeah. I like that. The uh, end of the movie alone, you don't know what part of it actually transpired. I assume he killed that that, that social worker he was talking to because he was walking bloody footsteps Uh or or dancing bloody footsteps. Uh Um, But you have no reason to know for sure at any stretch. mm -hmm. Like for me, the the entire movie, uh, uh, (laughs) after the conversation where he says, I have nothing but negative thoughts Mm -hmm. or all I have are negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. There is, if I told you that in reality, after that conversation with his therapist, with the social worker, he was actually committed, and the entire thing happened in his head, and then the first kill he ever had was that social worker, mm-hmm. uh, the other uh, Arkham Hospital, uh, I don't know, worker, whatever. Yeah. You got nothing. You could not argue me out of that. There's no there's no reason to prove that, no way to prove that's not true. Whole portions of the movie happened in his head. I mean, and I, actually, I think I could pretty, you know, uh, I mean, I think he killed De Niro on live television. Because De Niro earlier was a, a fantasy that he did when he was doing the uh, yeah, but he Illusions did, of Grandeur. They watched him do it on live television. Yeah. But, again, the first time he was on that, it was an Illusion of Grandeur. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to think that the entire thing, him being on live television, the riots after... So the whole the movie could really just be a... Could literally have been in his head a joke he told himself while he was in that fucking room, in the white room later. Yeah, what do you what what do what do you think the joke was at the end that the <laughs> the the doctor didn't get? It flashes specifically to to young Wayne over his parents in the alley. I'm I'm torn because on I think there are a lot of interpretations, which makes me really like this movie. Like on on one hand, it could be that he finally figured out kind of the killing joke. Mm-hmm. You know the. the this nothing really matters and people get what they deserve kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that could be the joke for him where he, he tells the well-adjusted person with a, a good job, you wouldn't get it. You know? mm-hmm. um, it could also be way more DC skewed where the joke was, ha ha ha, after all this, the, the, the city's savior died in an alley. My, mm-hmm. uh, my not real dad, the guy that, um, the guy that my, my mom um, was delusional for, the uh, the the guy that had everything in his hand the uh, it's like it's like the uh, reminds me really of the the reason John Lennon was killed Mark David Chapman said uh, when he saw a picture of John Lennon in a magazine he said that's the guy who has the world on a on a string and I think that's the phrase the world on a string is that the phrase mm-hmm. anyway so that was why he started uh, fantasizing about killing John Lennon was was that moment where he had that thought. And, that could be the joke, and if that's mm-hmm. the, if that's the case, it gets very DC centric, where the whole joke of the movie is, <laughs> "I created a monster." Mm-hmm. Where the monster yeah. in this case is Batman. Right. Could also be that the joke of the movie is, "Well, what if? You know, what if all this happened, and uh, you wouldn't really get it, and then he just kind of goes off the leash later." See, my my initial thought was that the joke was that he robbed potentially his brother of the thing that he always had. Which was a father. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the joke in that case is that he had a terrible, terrible, if, if everything happened. And I, I would lean in, I would lean definitely into the everything that we saw happen category. But mm-hmm. If you ask me for what I think happened in this movie, everything happened and then he also killed the lady at the end. Yeah. That was. He kills as he beats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because. She, she did. He, yeah. 
That's what I felt like oh, after he was back and he stormed down the hall. And he was in the apartment. We the saw we saw the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think she's dead. Yeah. Um, with any luck, her daughter's okay, but she didn't. Yeah, make it. I, don't I don't think she made. Um, but yeah, like uh, that could also be the joke is like even though my uh, parental figures or my father figures in this case, they make it a point to point out that you know uh, Penny's. Uh, or his stepfathers or whatever, the, the the boyfriends. The guys in his life were pieces of shit that left him literally tied to a radiator. Yeah. And um, uh, she was she was kind of terrible. Kind of, she sounds like a bit of an enabler. Kind of um, one of those people that goes into fantasy land instead of facing what's happening to the people around her that she's responsible for. Uh-huh. It's a real thing that happens. I mean, responsible for a lot right there. Could be that the joke is, ha-ha, my parents were terrible, but I got them longer than you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because uh, they gone. Right. A lot of interpretation of this movie, which I think is a strength. Yeah, I agree. Did you did you feel like you, as a comedy fan, did you feel like you wanted to hear more of his jokes to kind of... <laughs> like, I'm like craning my neck trying to read this notebook. I'm like, I want to yeah. see what he thinks is a joke. I like, do want still shots of that later. The, the moments that they, they framed, that they met, like, uh, I hope my death makes more sense than my life and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, or then, like, I love the stuff that's, uh, like, almost an anti-joke. The stuff that he writes down that he thinks is funny. Like, uh, I'm, I'm gonna butcher this phrasing, but mental illness, uh, one of the problems with mental illness is people expect you to act like you don't have it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a real problem. Yeah, sure. That's Absolutely. Like, that's a real issue. And it, one of the parts of the, the quirks of this kind of character that I enjoyed was he thought that was funny. There's no fucking joke there. Like, yeah. I do, I did really dig that. Over the course of the film, there's he never really tells at any point a good joke. Yeah, <laughs> all of them, even up to the the um, what's his name, Murray Richards, Richard Murray. Yeah. Um, even up to the Robert De Niro scenes, like when he's actually got the the world at his disposal, he still doesn't land a joke anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I really dug that. But anyway, I would love to see still frames of the actual uh, notebook. And I people will probably judge me on this. So let's dive in. <laughs> the funniest thing that dude did, that Joker did in the entire movie, was when he told the one guy after he killed his coworker, uh-huh. and he tells the other guy you can go. And as he's like starts to pass him, he's like, he's, "Yeah, <laughs> dude!" Like I, I, I laughed, and the guy next to me was like, "Oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, dude!" That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. I enjoyed the entire part of that scene. Like he, yeah, I wanted him to kill that dude. I was rooting for I mean, it. Like I feel bad. I, I, know, I, know, yeah. I know. Like that guy betrays him. Yeah. And Everybody in the movie treated him like shit. Yeah. Uh, he's. Uh, I mean, he's more anti than hero. And I don't condone shot, the violence and all of. I mean, not in real world. There's, there's a lot of disclaimer, uh, sure, but the. Uh, but yeah, he was. He was a. A mistreated figure, for sure. Mm-hmm. So later, when he actually like offs that guy, you're like, mm, I kind of get it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, he let he he lets that guy go. <laughs> like, what? You were always good to me. The part or that actually cracked me up about that scene wasn't so much the like rah. Mm-hmm. That part, I get that it was funny, but I didn't laugh at the time because I was kind of so enthralled with the scene and the way jo- Joaquin was playing it that I was even that little rah I thought was like an insight into how he was dealing with reality now. Like, oh yeah. no, I'm a killer now. Like, I'm just I'm over the other side. I'm. We're into a we're into a land where the normal rules of I have 
abandoned the social contract. Leviathan can fuck itself. Thomas Hobbes can go to hell. We're in the other place now. Uh-huh. I was I was kind of dealing with that, and um, what actually did crack me up was when the guy tries to leave and he can't reach the. Uh, that was really funny too. <laughs> and he, he kind of comes over and helps the guy out, like you're always good to me, man. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, get on, they, get on that. I, I, I love the way Joaquin like when he like, looked up and realized what was happening. That part like, made me laugh. Was, and like, he just he sort of like that's a little bit funny. Like, yeah, that part he's just like cracked me up. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I forgot. My bad. I forgot about that. I forgot. That part was the one part of the entire movie that probably made me laugh. Actually, the only other thing that made me laugh was um, when, for just a moment, we think he has that moment with uh, Domino, whatever her real name is. Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. We think he has that moment with her where he's actually suave for half a damn second. Uh Uh-huh. Something about, like, I thought you were going to rob that bank. I'm like, I'm kind of gone. I mean, I can come back tomorrow. That was actually a good line. Uh Uh-huh. And it made sense later that the one damn thing he said that I thought was funny the entire fucking movie was in his head. Yeah. A complete, like, schizoidal delusion. Yeah. I, I. Just made up. When did you clue in that they were not in an actual relationship and that that part was in his head? When she was at the hospital. To me, we clued in when he, like, walked up to her door, knocked on the door, and, like, just started making out with her. No. That, uh, I was just like, oh, that's not real. Part of me at that point, I, I, I thought, well, I mean, you know, there's the sex and violence correlation. Like, he might have just mm-hmm. had that moment where he was... Um, but I, I just didn't think the relationship alive. was there. He just, you know, was emboldened, and he went and, mm-hmm. you know, grabbed the young lass kind of thing. <laughs> like, the, the pictures of people making out on V-Day. You know, like right. Showed up in Watchmen and such. Um, yeah, I, I thought it could have been that. Mm-hmm. For me, really, I don't know what it says about me, but when she was at the hospital, I was like, yeah, no, that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> they fucked like one time and they went on one date. She's not at the hospital. There's no fucking way. I mean, narratively, I feel like the hospital wouldn't have made sense if we hadn't gotten the uh, the opening to the screw sesh. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I mean, if she had suddenly been there without that, I would have, I would have been off board before but i mean mm-hmm. all the way that far with the screw sesh yeah i just didn't i just didn't it's buy it i hope it becomes a term screw sesh i've never heard it before yeah, i just it, was, it just popped into my head I'm and i said it because um I'm, I'm a little bit of an idiot savant sometimes I, i'm not a smart person but every <laughs> once in a while i can just come up with a t- weird turn of phrase and it never quite catches on but it makes me really happy it made me really happy you yeah that with me yeah the screw sesh i like it Screw set, uh, screw sash, uh, Schrodinger's Clark. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, those are. I mean, you could have said before they, you know, Netflix and chilled, but no, no, screw sash. Yeah, I, I didn't. I wanted to come up with something kind of original. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why it struck. I like it. <laughs> um, hmm. Did you think he was going to kill himself on the on the show? Yep, that's what I thought. I mean, well, I take that back. I, I struggled they with it. They were pushing so hard that he was. Mm-hmm. The only real debate I was having was whether he was going to kill himself and him or just kill himself. And then he went the other way with it where he just killed him. I, when Once he started pretending that he was going to shoot himself in the head, yeah. um, I got a very strong sense. And I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I got a strong sense that they were going to go sort of a Gotham route. And that he was going to kill himself on television live. And that one of these, you know, 
people running around in clown masks or whatever. We're going to like see that, and it was they were going to show it like trigger something in them, or maybe a kid or something. So the who's around the same age as Bruce. I, I thought like maybe they're going to do like a legacy. Yeah, thing they could have. Um, and we should go back to the suicidal ideation because that was a huge theme. But now that you bring up Gotham, I kind of thought somewhere during the movie about. 60% through or whatever, um, once, as he put it, uh, people are starting to see me now or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my first thoughts was like, no, this is what they wanted to do on Gotham. They, hmm. instead, Cameron Monaghan was so compelling as an actor that they didn't have to go through with it. Yeah. But because they ju- they could just keep asking him to come up with the, the new version of the proto-Joker that they wanted to do. Uh, that's a really nice way of looking at it, because as soon as you started to say that, I thought, oh, Cameron was the crutch. Like, they they leaned on him too much. I mean, I, well, I, I would say they did leaned on him, and they did lean on him. But uh, also, let's give him credit for recognizing the talent. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think they were in an unwinnable position. They they cast well too early. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, why would we piss off like the, you know... Why would one million people who are actually listening? Yeah, like, it, the one million people who are watching this show really want him. Damn it! Four, four, four million, three and a half. By the time they were done, I think three at the lowest. I don't know about all that now. I think you're being a little, being a little optimistic. I think it dipped into the twos. It never got to the ones, but <laughs> I think by the end they were back in the high threes. But um, yeah, for sure, like they had, they had that guy, and I only hesitate. The, the crutch phrasing only hesitate because they did bring him in. They had mm-hmm. the foresight. They had the vision. They they did put themselves in a corner because once they brought him in and let him do his thing, he was so fucking good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they also had an idea for a story where they had wanted to have like a legacy kind of situation. And I think Joker did that better in two hours than they pulled off the entire time. I agree. And then they kind of a little bit abandoned the legacy thing Excuse me, and turned it into more like a... Not so much a legacy, like he was affecting the whole city, as much as he affected, you know, himself, <laughs> the other variations of himself, and then at the end, his brother. Yeah. So, they still found a way to tell like a, a really compelling Joker story. Like, Cameron Monaghan's Joker is fantastic. Just, yeah. Just, that's maybe the best part of that entire series. Between him and Oswald, yeah. Between him and Oswald, it's, yeah, Joker Penguin, Oh fuck. They, they, they really came out of that one. But, um, yeah, like, they, the idea that there's this underlying, uh, yeah, the social worker called it tense, he called it, it's crazy out there, or whatever. That, but an underlying tension, like this, uh, <laughs> and it did, it had like this, especially when there were all these, uh, all the articles on the ground about like, uh, they were striking outside of the opera, or not opera, was it opera? Uh, it was, no, it, was it, it was the theater. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was modern, modern times. times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought you were talking about the theater where they got killed. No, that was uh, Zorro again. Yeah, but Zorro's gay blade. Yeah, I didn't understand the gay blade part. I, I missed that reference entirely. Yeah, I don't. I, someone's gonna have to explain that to me. I, I that completely went over my head. Whatever they were going for. Um, I mean, in in the Frank Miller stuff you know they said they were at zorro they were at a zorro movie yeah that's been canon for a minute was they were at a zorro film i just don't understand the gay blade thing i oh i think that's that, the type I, of a movie yeah i is think it? so i think so let me look that up i'm pretty up. sure and I, I think they were just going for whatever would be appropriate for the time but 
Let's see. Yeah. Right, yeah, there it is. Okay. I thought that was the thing. 1981 feature film. Wow. 81? Yeah. That's one of those where I don't, I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. That that's a, that was a that was a strange choice. And uh, I don't think time has treated that title uh, very well. I was all right with it. Dude, I, I loved everything about the style of this movie. Like, I even loved the old school Warner Brothers logo that came oh, up with the... Oh, that oh, was that so made me really happy. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, very nostalgic. Also, it actually did a really good job of giving you an expectation of what you should be seeing in the movie. Like, the movie was, in my mind, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing you could tell me about this movie that wouldn't... I, I don't think there was anything uh, idiot... Not idiot... Anachronistic, that's the word I want. Mm-hmm. About the movie. I think it was set in the 80s. It Like, the style looked yeah. like it. It just looked like... But, like, early 80s. And 81 fits, because it looked... Yeah, you know, he still had the 70s hair. Yeah, it was... Definitely some seventies hair. The the jacket was there. There was still like the uh, the, like the archetype of the eighties Wall Street guy. That that was yeah what we were dealing with the entire time. Um, ah, fucking the phone booths, uh, the uh, all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it very retro in that sense. And by retro, I mean like right when we were born. Yeah, I didn't realize how old things some were. Uh, some things were today. I was playing guitar earlier today. Uh-huh. It was literally like I was playing a Beatles song and I was joking to myself. I was like, oh, this is, song's like 50 years old. And then the next song I accidentally started playing was a Stunt of a Pilot song. And then I, I got curious and looked up. I was like, oh, this song's fucking 25 years old. Yeah. It's depressing. Nah, I'm good with it. All of that just depressed me more than this movie did. <laughs> I mean, the contemplation of your own mortality <laughs> is a difficult pill to swallow, but. It's not my mortality that bothers me. It's wow. just, you know, my age. Yeah. And then my mortality. And then... <laughs> <laughs> kind of like it's not the fall that kills you, but the ground. Yeah. I get it. I'm sorry. You are wearing a shirt that says the times they are changing. So maybe... That's, that's true. Maybe that's what put it in my head. Old Bob Dylan shirt, yeah. Oh, fucking love that song. Yeah, the... Uh, I don't know where we're going with that. Where were we going? I don't know. <laughs> are you new to the show? Uh, well, I was hoping maybe you understood no, I don't know what we're talking about. Okay. Well, on to the next thing. Man, I really, I, I, I was really happy to see De Niro die. Yeah. He was too much of a dick. He was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. And when he calls him on it, when he's just like, no, you made fun of me on your show and then brought mm-hmm. me on the show mm-hmm. to make fun of me. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. You don't get a pass, buddy. You don't get to walk <laughs> out of here. And I get, here's the thing that, uh, you know, the kerfuffle before the movie about uh, it was going to be inciting in some way. And we talked yeah. about it before. Yeah. I I get why. I get parts of why it was seen to be uh, like a movie that maybe was <laughs> aggrandizing. It's uh, uh, the best way. I, how do I want to phrase this? Aggrandizing a kind of thinking mm-hmm. that shouldn't be <laughs> not necessarily portrayed. It should definitely be portrayed. But it times it feels like it is aggrandizing a kind of like a vengeful kind of uh, frame of thinking that anyway hopefully all those words made some kind of sense but mm-hmm. I get why like it seems like it's uh, kind of playing him up as a hero in a way that he's definitely not and part of that had to do with like like when De Niro dies or like he literally just goes on like this vengeful uh, I mean he just goes uh, fucking revolving his way through the fucking city about like uh, uh, or stabbing his way or whatever like he, he kills a bunch of people that have uh, fucked him off yeah I get it. I get that that's a problem mm-hmm. it's also like in, in the phase of history where 
talking about like the Greek tragedies before were way worse than that. The Norse gods before that were way worse than that. And the history of mythology and then the history of fiction following it, this is not fucking new. Right. Like, do you remember Kirk Douglas falling down? Absolutely. It, it was Michael Douglas. It was Michael Douglas. But like, yes. That is Direct, <laughs> directed, by the way, by Joel Schumacher. Really? Of Batman and Robin. Batman and Batman and Robin Forever. Forever. But that entire fucking movie was just some, some dude getting... Getting some people that came before. Oh, yeah, dude. It was like, it was, I mean, it, there was some, like, good psychology stuff there. Like, there was, like, a good little character study. But it was also, it like, it, it scratched several of my itches that I didn't know I had. Because it had this great character study. It was almost like the creation of a Batman villain. Yeah. But also, uh, which is just my default. It's not because we're talking about Joker here. Yeah. Uh, that's just my default thought. Uh, the Gotham... Uh, go to Batman or Star Trek. No yeah, the what. Gotham villain canon is top-notch. But um, it wasn't just that. It was um, the fact that, like, every... It seemed like every, like, ten pages of that movie was a, was a video game. Like, he just, like, found more weapons. <laughs> it was just like... It was like Duke Nukem. Uh, yeah, Duke yeah, Nukem. yeah, yeah. Like, he, he killed a dude, take his weapons. Yeah. Oh, look, these guys were robbing a thing, and a bag fell out. What is it? Weapons! <laughs> like, he's just, like, loading up, buddy. Yes. Reload, reload, reload. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like I like falling down so much. My, uh, the, whole, the whole point of my very badly worded uh, little diatribe being, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. And as... Uh, God as, bless America. <laughs> as people who can understand that a film is a film and digest things appropriately mm-hmm. and not... Yeah, not do the two things that people that the the media apparently was worried about was one suicidal ideation, which you can argue for sure that this movie did a lot to kind of draw out how that happens, um, like how someone walks themselves casually over to a point where suicide doesn't seem like that unreal of an idea. Mm-hmm. Because if you ask the average person, "Hey, how would you kill yourself?" It's a fantasy. Yeah. But people who actually do it, it's a it's, it's like. It's not like you just snap and do it sometime. I mean, that, that does happen for sure. But often it's uh, it's just like casually sidestepping over to a spot where you're like, oh, I didn't know I was going to be comfortable next to the ledge. And then suddenly I find myself here and that one last step doesn't seem so crazy. I'll, I'll be honest, man. You know, I think and last week I would have said this is bullshit. Yesterday I would have said this is bullshit. Uh-huh. But I believe it's true. Having seen it? Having seen this movie. Uh-huh. Um... I think the I, I don't know who I don't want to outright say Disney mm-hmm. or I don't even I don't even want to contemplate I don't even know how to contemplate that they would be that big of a deal to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like somebody started this bullshit because there are so many movies. It's like all these critics saying like I think this is this is going to be too big of a movie. We can't we can't have this come out. We can't have this. This is going to instant you know incite a bunch of people. Like, okay, well, you watch a freaking Bobcat Goldthwait movie where it happens and you all talk about how great he is. You're sucking his dick all over the place. Um, but it's a DC movie and all of a sudden it's going to cause some shit. Well, um, and I will, I will admit, and my wife said this to me as well on the way back home. She, and we both agreed, like, every movement mm -hmm. that anybody in that theater made, we were staring at him and going, is this it? Like every time anybody got up, like the, one of the ushers came in and like walked real slow across the front and like went to the exit and touched the handle and came back and was doing some weird movements with his hand. I was kind of freaking out, dude. And it was that like, 
the apex moment where he's like screaming at De Niro. Oh, and I was just like, I was on the other side. I didn't see that. I'm like, oh shit, he's he's motioning for he's it's time, it's time. We're gonna die here. Yeah. Uh, I think the media did uh cause me to dislike the movie or at least have a bad experience at the movie because I was thinking about like shit going down. I mean, legitimately, I she did too. So I get it. I mean, I I. I thought it sounded like kind of overreactive stuff to mm-hmm. begin with. Absolutely. This but movie, though, is tame compared to some other stuff I've seen, violence-wise. Even Id- ideologically, like, when you when you link, you know, strong messages of violence with, with ideologies, you know, eat the rich, all that shit. Like, oh. we've, seen all, we've seen stronger shit in other movies, like, no, more violent. I think Boondock Saints is way worse. Yeah. Personally. It's been a minute, but the way I remember the Boondock Saints movies, it was like, if God gives you... Uh, Credence to do so, or uh, the, the the path to do so, kill whoever you fucking see fit to kill. Like it was, it was yeah. weird. Um, that movie didn't make sense to me then. It doesn't make sense to me now. Like it was. I love that a, movie. <laughs> it was good action, but yeah. Oh no, it's not about the action. Like I mean, you can you can with, with that movie. I kind of feel like that movie felt like the Old Testament personified in a way. So does Punisher, or like a Leviticus the movie kind of. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like so does Punisher. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just because he doesn't mention God. I mean, well, I mean, originally Punisher goes after the mob, and then he expands his scope mm-hmm. after finding out he's really good at it. Yeah, uh, you know, the, but, what's what Boondock Saints is missing is you know a dude in a mask running up, going, "This isn't the way." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the thing that people are going to point out is different. I think about the movie is that it does. And it, it really does a great job with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like the the whole time I was sitting there watching it, thinking like, man, I've, I don't I don't watch enough movies, but for damn sure, this is doing a great job of talking about like like specifically in uh, being someone who's been on medication many times and currently am. Mm-hmm. Um, being someone who's been told at one time or another like, yeah, we're not gonna give you this medication anymore. Like uh, when when she makes it clear that he's not getting his medication. Um, the look on his face, I kind of thought, yeah, I know that. I know that feeling. Yeah. That, that fucking sucks. Cause like the whole time they're telling you, you need this, you need this, this is, this is how you need to go. And then suddenly they're like, well, it's not going that way anymore. What the fuck were we doing the entire time before? You said I yeah. needed this shit. I was just, just barely okay. And then I was slightly better. And now you're telling me I can't have it. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a panicky, fucking frightening feeling. I get it. But. Yeah, like the the thing I think people are going to point out about the movie is that it, it the the revenge plot and the um like the uh the the, the, the disaffected, the maladjusted if you will, the <laughs> the, the abhumans, the whatever you want to call it, like the the people who are just just to the left or right of functional, normal, happy. Mhm. Some people are going to tell you if you watch this movie like, "Oh, it's going to embolden these people, they're going to take ridiculous actions." I had this guess about the movie going in and now that I've seen it, I, I still stand by it. This is not a movie that should inspire you to be afraid of those people. This is a movie that should inspire you to fucking be kind to other people. Yeah. Like, it, he says, before he kills his mom, I've never been happy for one minute of my entire fucking life. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I, Like, what if that one moment had happened where it fucking, like, one person was kind to this motherfucker at any given goddamn moment? Whole thing you're gonna change. And I was I was so frustrated when he was on that show and he didn't say, "Look, they were drunk and they were attacking me." Actually, yeah, part of me wanted him to justify his actions, and the other part of me was like, "No, I get what they're going for here." 
But I, what I kind of like, and part of me wonders, honestly, if Warner Brothers didn't didn't start that as a marketing campaign for it. Oh, the, the whole backlash. like, yeah, like the no, whole. No, I don't think you have to. I really don't. Think because you have if to. you think about it, the movie does the same thing. The movie does what the critics did. The movie, like what they do in the. Him and then well, watches it. Yes, anyway. but like the people inside of the movie, uh, take his actions on the subway mm-hmm. and start turning it into a political movement. And as he says on the late night show, I'm not political. No. Like does he say, like I'm. Do I look like the kind of clown that could start a movement or something like that? Yeah. Um, I get that. But they, everyone's like, oh, the rich did this, the rich did this, and certain elements of the story point to that too. But it's not just the rich. It's everybody treat like the first people we see treat him poorly are a bunch of poor kids who like ran up and like knocked a sign out of his hand and took it from him and then yeah. beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and he even explains their action as is uh, like, ah, it's just some kids. Yeah. Like he's on, and he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth there because on the one hand he's like things are getting crazier out there to his social worker therapist, and the other hand he's like, well, it's just some kids, and that shit's gonna get a little weird. Yeah. And then his buddy escalates the situation. Another poor person. <laughs> Another poor working <clears throat> fucker. Mm-hmm. Gives him escalates it into a gunplay kind of uh, situation. Yeah, it's like every person. In this movie is guilty. Everyone treats him like shit. The poor people on the bus. There is not a single retrievable, justifiable human in this entire fucking story. Yeah. The entire movie, every single person there is is not fucking making it to Hallelujah, man. Like everyone (laughs) asshole or a sinner of some kind. But like it gets rough. While we're looking at you know, while we have all these critics going like, oh, this is a commentary about. Dude, I think they're saying the opposite. I think this is like every person treats pe- people with mental illness like shit. Yeah. Like the, maybe not every individual, but like ev- like from every tier of of society, from every caste, if you will. Um, yeah, I think that I really dug that. No, the, like the the fact that like the reason it's a great commentary on mental illness in general is because this fucking movie, like, and I did like the Todd Phillips. Uh, or him and Joaquin had the idea that, like, we're not going to let him be diagnosable. I don't want him mm-hmm. to just be manic depressive. I don't want him to just be a major depressive. I don't want him to just be schizoidal, whatever. We don't want him to be diagnosable. Mm-hmm. I want him to represent. And I think what they were going for a little bit was I want him to be relatable to kind of several different several things. things. Yeah. yeah. And what it amounted to was, it, like, to me, the movie, uh, it comes across later as, like, I get why people are worried about, like, the gunplay, the suicidal ideation. How someone could watch the movie and feel like inspired or emboldened to do something stupid. I get why there's that idea, mm-hmm. but realistically, it's I, I think it brings to bear something that you you have to consider that's way beyond the scope of a movie. Is yeah, mental illness not treated well? Yeah. Like people who aren't different are not treated particularly well. Like, like I said before, how he phrases it, like uh, the. What is it like? The crazy thing about mental illness is people expect you to act like you don't know what like. Yeah. Um, it there isn't. Um, <laughs> the crazy part is like when you when you actually have somebody that's close to you in your life. Generally, from what I've seen in my life, when there's somebody that's actually close to a person that has a mental illness, you tend to accept it and move on with that person because you know that person. Mm-hmm. Generally, I try to. It, <laughs> thank you. Um, and thank you. <laughs> but. Generally, people tend to adapt to other fucking humans and accept whatever's going on there. Yeah. When it's a stranger, you don't have that same instinct. Right. And this movie tends to, to me, tends to point out the, when it's a stranger, maybe you need to pay fucking more attention. 
Yeah. Like, maybe that's the time you should actually give a shit. Like, there's a lot more for me to take away from this movie. That's... You heard what Jason said. The movie says to neglect the people you love in lieu of strangers with yes. mental illness. That's mm-hmm. what she Absolutely. said. Absolutely. Stand on the street corner and hug people. <laughs> Not even the worst idea I've ever had. <laughs> Especially if it looks like they might have a knife. Just go. <laughs> hug clowns. That's the point of this movie. Yeah. Hug clowns. If you hug them, it takes away their power. <laughs> yeah. And their pistols. <laughs> <laughs> they can't come out of the sewers if you hug them enough. They won't fit. Oh gosh, I'm writing down that time. <laughs> Why? Because we need an opening. <laughs> I'll take the time to pour a quick drink. A quick small. Mm-hmm. Christian was working the other end. You came home like this? I did. I didn't realize it was like. I told you, man. <coughs> All right, so I, th- I think we got the gist of of what what the mental illness portion of the movie was, as far as like the message. I would you we agree? Takeaway, but that's again our first look, and I would like more time to digest yeah. what's happening. Which we'll get deeper into it. Uh, I have a question though. Do you? What do you actually think was real? Do you think that he actually was Thomas Wayne's son, based on the photo at the end with the? note from Thomas on the back of her photo? I, or do you I think it not do. matters? I kind of do. And I kind of liked that addition that it'll be an older Joker in their version of the DC canon. Like, it, part of me really wishes this was the beginning of a DC franchise. It might be. I mean, it's going to make some serious fucking money. Like, it's going to pass yeah. 100 million over the next seven days. They've already they've already upped their tracking to over 90 million for the weekend. Yeah. Not to mention whatever it's made. Before private screenings, like it's it's going to make serious money. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind this being the beginning of a franchise at all, because I I've I enjoyed this look at the Joker as an entity, maybe as much as I've ever loved anything that has to do with the Joker. Like that this this was the width and breadth of this exploration is here heretofore unforeseen. Like it, it's it's well shit that belongs in a poster. <laughs> it was this was special. Um, I, like, I've never had so much time to relate to him or, mm-hmm. or to hate him, whatever I was going to do with him. I've never had that much time with him. And they they really, they didn't waste a, really any time. In the couple hours I was in there, I was fucking, I, I got to know the Joker, this Joker, really well. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see what happens later. But I'd love to see also the uh, the addition of the, you know, the Kevin Smith spoke to the will kind of thing. Or spoke of the wheel. Anyway, um, Kevin Smith spoke to the wheel. He used to say like he added a spoke to the wheel, kind of. Like, yeah, yeah. He, they added a spoke to the wheel. Yeah. But the way you said it, it sounds like he spoke about a wheel. It was no spoke to the wheel. It sounds literally like it sounds like chatting at Moses at the burning bush or some shit. <laughs> but it's like Kevin Smith talking to a wheel. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much what would happen <laughs> if you put him in a Transformers movie and let him write it. <laughs> Him talking to Bumblebee yeah. in the car the entire time. Ninety minutes of him chatting at it. Um, yeah, yeah. They, but the spoke they added, where potentially he is actually Bruce's brother, mm-hmm. and where potentially also it's somebody that frightened him as a kid, mm-hmm. showed up at the perimeter of his estate as a child. Mm-hmm. The the visage of the movement he inspired, having shot his parents. That's a fucking great backstory for the Joker. Yeah. Vis-a-vis Batman. Like, if... Oh, man. If that if that got mounted at any point, 
I'm on board. Yeah, I think I would be. Also, I have to admit, and they said it in the bathroom scene, like, Joaquin, Arthur says, like, look at us. They actually really did look the same. They did. They were really well cast. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think he was, do you think Thomas Wayne was ever actually Alec Baldwin? I think for a second they probably wanted to. Yeah. I think maybe for a second they wanted to. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, based on my memory of the reports, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they wanted Alec Baldwin to kind of maybe have more of a Trumpish feel to him. Mm-hmm. And then that at some point, they pulled back and said, no, let's do a, a different, less uh, timely and topical kind of thing. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if also the, you know, Alex, or Alec didn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just backed out of the whole thing. Like, well, the amount of controversy that it, ha- that it caused when they were talking about him playing a Trump-like character. Yeah. I think he was like, I don't need this shit. I don't want to do this. I, 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 yeah, I would. I would probably back out. You don't. You didn't need it to tell your story. No, you didn't. And I, I liked that there was some ambiguity there. Honestly, mm-hmm. I liked that we weren't really sure how bad of a guy Thomas Wayne was. Because you're right, the stuff that he said on television about everybody, all these poor people being clowns who didn't make anything of their lives, mm-hmm. that could have been Arthur just ma- imagining it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much of this movie could have been in his head. And now I want to see it again. Like the entire movie realistically could be fifteen minutes long. Mm-hmm. If if everything he imagined post that first conversation was just a joke he told himself, you know. And part of the movie kind of leads you to think that because it's crazy. Like he's all the, like the riots happen, the clowns mm-hmm. are, are suddenly there. All of this is going on. He's got the the two boogeymen uh, detectives trying to chase him. He evades them for some reason. Like it's it's. Fantastical, and we never did. Bar, and he gets this weird resurrection scene on the hood of a police car that he's yeah. supposed to be fucking uh, going to jail in. Like, you remember, by the way, the Heath Ledger callback on the. Oh yeah, the, yeah, great, yeah, great. Do you you remember the scene? They never went back to it. Uh-huh. The first scene that he's talking to his uh, social worker uh-huh. at the beginning of the movie, she mentions uh, him being in the asylum. And he, she says, have you given any more thought to what may, what caused you to be there in the first place? And they never went back to it. Later on, he acts like he's never been in an asylum before when he's talking to dude from Atlanta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a dude from Atlanta, wasn't it? Yeah. Paperboy. <laughs> when he's talking to Clerk. Uh-huh. Paperboy. Um, at the time, though, that still made sense because he was also asking... I can I can justify that though because when he asks he he says like what does it take for someone to get put in here uh-huh. he he is uh, ostensibly asking about his mom mm-hmm. but he could also be asking because as you put it before he still didn't know why he was there he may have been asking that random clerk yeah what gets a person in here still not understanding himself well enough to know why but they he was they never told us why he was in there no they never they go really back to didn't. it they they're all we're sure about is that he has a definitely a very involved uh, printer ink drying history of mental illness and several headbanging incidents, which mm-hmm. is always worrisome to me because every time I see it, I'm like, I'm, I'm not British enough to think that doesn't hurt. Yeah. That shit looks like it hurts. Yeah. But, you know, he could have never, he could have been in the asylum the whole time, really. The entire time. Nothing stopped oh him. Oh, my from gosh. Being true. 
I, I think there are multiple interpretations of what actually happened in the course of this film. Uh, he could have just heard about the Waynes getting killed on television, man. Oh, yeah. I, literally, the, the entire thing about the Waynes in general could have been Thomas Wayne is an influential figure in town who's maybe going to run for mayor. Last thing he knew about that we knew about that was also true. Next thing you know, it's his mom is, you know, a, an ex-lover of his. He's their child. He goes to visit them and, and uh, roughs up not Alfred, we'll call him. Um, <laughs> I think he was Alfred. Alfred. I don't think I actually said Alfred. Anymore. They never said Alfred. For it, but yeah, he's, I think know. they 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 cast him as Alfred and said he was Alfred when they cast him. Did they? Yeah. I think so. Um, but it's clearly Alfred. I mean, oh yeah, it's totally it's, Alfred. Yeah, it's totally Alfred. Um, all of that could have been just a thing that he drummed up. Mm-hmm. Every last bit of it, including and it, especially like <laughs> when you get to the very end, and it's like a couple of guys that are in the clown riot. Which, god damn it, I love that term. I'm now in love with Clown Riot as a term. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm stuck in my own stupid thing. What were you doing? Uh, I was thinking about how this out Al- the out Al- the guy that played Alfred was kind of thicker than most Alfreds that uh-huh. we see. And Thick boy Alfred. I thought Alfred Alfred Butterworth. <laughs> Alfred Nickelworth. I'm not proud. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to clown riot, which is still a phrase I love. Mm-hmm. So in the in the in the clown riot, there's a, there's the two. It, like he he's being taken to to jail, happens to be struck by a uh, ambulance that's driven by the two clowns. They happen to see him and pull him out, like Jesus figure almost mm-hmm. style. Pull him out, let let him there, and then again, I, I'm still calling it the resurrection. Like they they, it's this very kind of holy looking scene of of him. Yeah, rising and there's like get up, get up, get up, and all that. So they they play him out mm-hmm. very messianically. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was thinking about that too. But that could all be in his head. Like it's so big. Yeah, it and, could be and fantastic. It could definitely be in his head. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, sort of. I was thinking about his story being like a reverse Jesus story, uh, and instead of you know, because one of the, one of the one of the cool things about Sometimes just call that Lucifer. Well, no, 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 because like one of the cool things about the Jesus story is that it wasn't just like the Jews that condemned him, it was also the Gentiles, the Romans, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody voted. So in the same way, it was the rich and the poor who condemned Arthur Fleck. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because you have the poor kids represented at the, at the beginning, like the the proletariat early mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. Um, you know, stills his sign, he has to pay for the sign, for God's sake. <laughs> Poor bastard. I mean, it, yeah, every like, yeah. It's the kind of thing that if you were a well-adjusted person, you would still be talking about how you had to pay for that fucking sign mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. Took a beating in an alley and all. If you were a well-adjusted, you would still be telling that at parties. Yeah. As a crazy anecdote, you know. Yeah. And then you're right. Like Thomas Wayne condemns him as well. Literally punches him in the face. Like the bourgeois and the uh, the bourgeoisie and the proletariat are both uh, telling him to go fuck himself. And then. Yeah. Crazy part was there. There was that. There was a very Marxist feel to the film to me, where it did. I mean, especially with like the fuck the rich headlines mm-hmm. and all that, um, and the Thomas Wayne can help us if he chooses to, and all that. Like there was a, uh, there was a part of me where where you were thinking earlier conspiratorially that Disney had some effect on the media, mm-hmm. on the, um, the 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 media, the outlets surrounding this movie. You know, mm-hmm. my conspiratorial mind was going toward like. I don't know if it was Disney. I, 
I think it may just be rich people that were not happy about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, no matter who, the people in look, charge with actual pocketbooks were just no matter not who happy about the tone of this movie at all. Yeah, no matter who, what group it was, I think we can agree it was the rich. <laughs> but um, you know what actually cracked me up watching the movie? At some point, about 80 percent through the movie, somewhere in the the last third, mm-hmm. third act, or I don't know how many acts, I haven't broken it down, but you know what I mean. Somewhere during that, I kind of thought Bernie would love this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a part, a part of me thought like, I know he's campaigning, but I hope he takes about two hours. And I don't think he's campaigning right now. Oh, he's yeah, he's campaigning right now. No, no, huh. no, he's not. He just had he had a heart attack. He's oh, taken that. off. No, yeah, I saw that. He's still he's still raising money. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said don't he worry. they said he was taken off oh, in the article he I read. Was making phone calls. Uh, that bastard's not going to the ground until he's fucking in the ground. He's feeling the burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, there, there was, a, there are a lot of philosophies you can bring into this movie. A lot mm-hmm. of like, I mean, I, I do. I want to digest the movie. And I want to watch it more, but it, it's one of those movies where like my, my educational background is a psychology and a philosophy degree. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this movie in, in that sense. Yeah. See, I'm, a lot I can play with. I was a little concerned. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, like noting the things are not going to wrap up. And I'm like, Jason don't like when things don't wrap up. He says it's a cop out. So I was just sort of, I was kind of preparing myself for you to just be like, you know, this is bullshit. No, no, no. I, I've definitely gone that way at times. And I hope I'm not contradicting myself to say this, but, and you know, let me know if I am. I'm, I'm open to it. <laughs> I mean, human mm-hmm. it happens all the fucking time, like on the daily. But this movie told a story. Mm-hmm. I just think there are also interpretations. No, sure, yeah. Like it, the story it told me was for sure. These all, all of these things happen. Like the only part of this movie that was imagined, like in the in the major narrative, I guess, mm-hmm. was uh, you're gonna have to say her name again. I'm sorry, Dominos. Oh, uh, Zazie Beats. Thank you. Um, and I don't remember her name from the film, so I can't just use her character name. I don't Did even. Name her? I don't know that they named her. Girl, author Arthur Stalking. She certainly wasn't Harley Quinn. No, you dipshits. <laughs> <laughs> Although she had a vibe for a second. She did. Um, like she. If this movie continues into a series where we see uh, Joaquin go on, like she's going to be maybe the template Mendeley that we remember as like, oh yeah, he found a Harley. Mm-hmm. Because. Uh, well, you killed three pricks. There's only a million left to go. If they if they did a sequel, I would love it if like he just imagined that Batman was real. If Batman was always a figment of his imagination, <laughs> wouldn't that be That'd fun? Be fun is like at the end of the second film, if there was another scene where he's back in the asylum, and you have another moment where you're like, did he just kill one guard, or did that entire fucking movie not happen? Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I strongly movie, though, suspect sure, there will be a sequel. Could have been just. All of this happened. He kills the guy on live TV. He goes to the closest thing to prison that he's eligible for, which is some white version of Arkham. Mm-hmm. And then kills the lady there and dances in her blood as he, you know, goes down the, which by the way, I love the shot of the, the footprint, the blood footprints getting weaker and weaker. Yeah. Like, as he works it off his yeah. shoes and stuff. Awesome. Fucking awesome last scene. God, visually, this film was amazing. It was everything I was missing from The Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I, I only say it because Luke Skywalker in the final fight didn't have footprints. Oh, nice. Good catch. I didn't catch that. That was the big red flag. 
He's not there, y'all. Yeah, that would have been a good call. <laughs> that would have been a good, yeah, good call if you were, uh, what's his name, Ky- Kyler? Kyler? Yeah, Kyler Wren. Kyler Wren? Yeah. Would have made a good call if you were him. Mm-hmm. Also, we just threw an entire fucking arsenal at him, and he just flicks it off his shoulder. Yep. <laughs> it was, that, that was actually a good moment. I, uh, yeah, I like that movie. Um, I'm sorry. Forgive us. Oh, wait, Kyler. no, no, I, I don't ask forgiveness. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm I think sorry, The Last Jedi think. was my favorite Star Wars movie so far. I'm not sure. I kind of want to go back and watch them all before I get to the, the uh, last Skywalker. Where I'll, I'll I'll give it to you this way. I'm not willing to go back and watch them all because I have not enjoyed most of them. See, I haven't seen the original since I was about 12. I mean, I've seen them a few times. Literally one viewing, and I think I was 12 years old. Like To me, it's worth it to go back and like watch Michael like choice scenes. I was sick, and he was like, you need to watch these while you're sick. And I was yeah. I've strapped 30 anyway. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. Like is seven hours. Let's do this. It's worth it to go back and look at choice scenes throughout the trilogy and be like, that was a good moment. But you know, I think I remember maybe more. <laughs> I honestly probably remember more about those films as a result of spaced talking about those films. Mm-hmm. Simon Pegg alone has probably reminded me more of those films than I yeah. remember the original three. That's yeah. That that's probably a real thing. Mm-hmm. One day I will go back and watch them all and like. I think I want to go back if I can before I see this last one. With an open mind. The latest one, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do it together and do like a Patreon thing. Mm, I'll try. We'll fail. I'm like, hmm, this is sounding less and less likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. You, you, do you have anything else, really? Uh, hospital scene with the... I liked his clown shtick. His clown shtick? Yeah. Like, Joaquin as a clown. Mm-hmm. Decent clown. Okay. I mean, if I was going to a sick ward, uh huh, and I saw that clown performing, I'd think that guy's putting in his fucking best. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I was trying to think of like a good instance. Of, like we saw him twirling a sign. What else do we see? Oh, there was the like two seconds before the gun fell out of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Several seconds. Before. I forget which song it was, but he was. Uh, no, it's the uh, like uh, clap, stomp, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that old fucking fairy tale. Um... <laughs> Actually, my favorite part of that scene, this kind of made me smirk a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't laugh, but it was a smirk. Uh, where he, When he does kick the gun out, mm-hmm. and he runs over there and grabs it real quick, and then he just kind of puts it back in his thing, and like the one girl who sees him get it kind of gives him the, like, the big clownish. Yeah. That was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Like, it, he, he stayed in character, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Like, it reminded me of, there was a, I can't remember where I heard this. I want to say it was Conan. Uh, but it was an old story about... Um, it was it was a story about one of the old like one of the old fucking comedians like one of the 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 forties and fifties kind of guys and uh, it was a guy who like uh, would would do like mime work you know like work on a mm-hmm. it, so the the story was the guy was working on uh, I want to say it was like uh, Mel Brooks who actually said this one anyway um, he was talking about somebody though that he'd watched and it was like a, an exercise where it was like try to open a jar you know that old improv kind of thing you're like. Mm-hmm. mime opening a jar yep. and you make it as funny as you can and at the end of the bit the guy uh, actually did open the jar and, and put the like put the lid down triumphantly and like held up the jar and um, apparently the instructor just kind of moved on and was like alright we're doing the next bit and without thinking about it I forget who he's I really wish I knew who he was talking about without thinking about it though the guy like shrugged his shoulders reached down and grabbed the fake jar lid and put it back on and put the jar down mm-hmm. and went to the next bit <laughs> Like, that was not necessary. <laughs> but it was a really 
great example of staying in character. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, that reminded me of it. Like when he was, it, 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 he's fucking kicked a gun across a children's hospital floor. <laughs> yeah. The, the big clownish finger of the uh, the mouth kind of thing. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And then, like two minutes late, less than two minutes later, we're watching him smash the uh, telephone booth with his head. Yeah. Yeah. That this, was great. This movie will not let you have a damn moment. Like, <laughs> you're gonna stay on the mat the entire fucking time. I think my wife was actually right. I made her watch the trailer for this movie this morning. Mm-hmm. I told you, uh, she said, like, why would I ever watch that? It looks really sad. And I'm going to have to go home and tell her, like, you should never watch this movie. You were right. Yeah. This is not something you're going to enjoy at all. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Good self-care there. I pretty much, like, oh, I, I have a, a number of our listeners who have, you know, messaged me and been like, hey, man, I think you're really going to like it. It's super depressing. <laughs> and it's made me wonder, like... What do I, what kind of, what, what am I giving off on this show? I mean, I, overall, I think you like more thoughtful things. Yeah. I do sympathize with, uh, you're not a big fan of spectacle. We've, no, I'm, I mean, like that before. Well, you know, talking to Matt on the Star Trek cast, uh-huh. Star Trek, you cast.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plug, plug. <laughs> um, Talking to him, I think I've, I've pinpointed it's not that I don't like spectacle. It's that I don't like spectacle without stakes. That's fair. So, like, at a certain point, like, you show me a Transformers movie, I'm just, I don't care. I don't know what the action is because I'm looking at what looks to be a bunch of machinery flying around itself and changing shape, and I can't tell the difference between the Transformers anyway. They don't look like my Transformers. Where I could look at him and go, oh, those colors, that's Optimus. Yeah. Um, Red and blue. He looks like the Chevron sign. That's my boy. Because, like, while they're standing there stationary talking, you see that. But then, like, when they're all changing and fighting and stuff, it just looks like, you know. The mess of. Right, right. So, we've got that. Like, I do get bored. Like, I'm sorry, that, 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 that big final fight sequence in Man of Steel went on a little too long for me. It was just a little too much of that. In a row. Like, I needed more breakups. The part that stands out to me is, I think you do like an action scene for a minute. Mm-hmm. But I think I kind of mean, like, not colloquially for a minute. I, I think I kind of mean for a minute. Like, you have about that much attention span for an action scene, even a, even when it's well-earned. Yeah. Like, a, a, a really good, you know, good guy's got to fight the bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. we do a show called DC on Screen. Mm-hmm. Where I'm, I'm sure you're aware that the premise of most of what we cover is good guy and bad guy fighting. Yes. Even when we've talked about comics, your favorite moments are for sure not the fights. No, your they're favorite not. moments are the character developments. I like the character developments, and I like, like when somebody you know, takes a character and says like, oh, "Okay, but this is his actual motivation." That's the moment we're like, "Oh, dude, that's good. That's a really good deal." Yeah. Inside. I like that. Yeah. You like insightful moments. I get that. I really mm-hmm. love those too. I also enjoy watching people punch each other for the, right now. For three like to me, that the, there is something to be said. Like I feel like Avengers, the first Avengers movie, yeah. did it really well. Second Avengers movie, not so well. But I had problems with that too. Uh, Avengers, the, the the like that last like whatever it was twenty fifteen minutes, whatever it was, where it was just all out fighting the entire time. There were a lot of like little good, really good, they insightful character moments, moments like within that fighting. Getting built and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. Like, even Hawkeye just over his shoulder shooting that guy. Yeah. Or later when he, or 
moments later when he shoot, tries to shoot Loki and mm-hmm. Loki just grabs it out of the air and it explodes. Like, all that. Was, even, even Hulk just, you know... Burning off rage and just punching the shit out of Thor for no reason. Yeah, that was good. Um, Or one of my favorite moments when... uh, It's one of the great team-building moments of the Marvel Universe is when they all come together for that big power shot. mm -hmm. And and Iron Man, like the most egotistic fucker on this entire... Maybe in the entire Marvel Universe has that moment where he's like, call it Cap. Like, has that moment of humility of like, "Mm, yeah, we're, we're in battle mode and you're... Yep. You, you need to be in charge. Yep. Call it Cap. And then fucking he calls it. You do the perimeter. You do this. Blah, 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 blah. Hulk. Smash. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they gave you that. You know? Yes. <laughs> that was big. It was really good. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I do tend to enjoy... Uh, it's, it's a lot like... what You remember when Mark Maron was talking about how he doesn't like superhero movies? Uh-huh. And he says... Uh, he was talking about... <laughs> Talking about how people who like superhero movies were like grown man babies or something like that. Something like that. And he says, "I want to be like a, I'm. I'm a real adult. I go to the movie. I want to go to see a movie that I don't understand, <laughs> or something like that." That's <laughs> it's really good, like perfect Mark Maron kind of joker. Yeah, I'm a real adult. I want to go see movies with subtitles that I don't fucking get. Like, yeah, that would be his kind of thing. Like I want to. I want to walk out of that theater not knowing what happened. Like the same way he, in one of his bits, uh, has his vinyl midlife crisis, where he's like, "Yes, I want to understand Captain Beefheart." <laughs> but by the way, my big gripe from the movie is probably like not enough Marin. Not enough Marin. Like not no enough Marin. Yeah. Fucking no Marin. He got he got cut, man. Or I, I don't know if he got cut or I if it was just such a cut. tiny part. Because it. He seemed to enjoy that part when I, when I heard him talking about it before. When he was talking about like, dude, this is a real movie. They're doing real stuff. Blah blah blah. Maybe he did just mean that. And Mark Maron is is not a stranger to mental illness himself. Yeah, he may have just been excited to see a, a really good portrayal of uh, what life's like on that side of things. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like he was more excited about his role in the movie. I, and then he was just fucking there for like two seconds. I mean, I swear he had three lines, and he was a—he was literally like a fade to the background focus shot. And that was it. Right? Yeah. That, that was it. I did. I did consider though that you know he told a story about how he was walking, talking to De Niro down the hall, and uh, they were like, "You're you're coming in kind of hot." I'm wondering if like those scenes were just unusable. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or uh, I wonder if they. It's possible, but he's really. I do get this. Uh, I get the notion, though, that maybe they were in the editing going, I like that scene, but like, there's no way Arthur could have seen that. It is possible because the movie is very Arthur centric. It's very much from his point of view. It is possible that they cut anything that didn't have to do with him. Because well, when you think about it, that movie, the entire fucking movie is Joaquin's either there or experiences it. Mm hmm. Which I think lends to the did it really happen notion yeah. of the entire thing. Which is. As you point out, not something I would normally have a problem with, but it's it's kind of like how uh, like Donnie Darko pissed me off mm-hmm. because I don't fucking know what happened in that movie. I, I mean, I, I watched it one time. And that was probably literally eighteen years ago. But I remember coming away from that movie thinking, I don't know what just happened, and I don't think I'm supposed to know what just happened. Whereas this movie, I kind of walked away thinking, I know what I was told happened, and there are other things that might have happened, and that's kind of fun. Yeah, I think there's a difference. I'm open to there not being a difference, and anyone is welcome to yell at me. Yeah. I probably yelled at about Donnie, Donnie Darko. It's okay. Oh, uh, well. People really love that movie. 
I enjoy it, but came to the realization, like Matt and I sat down a long time ago and tried to work it out, and it just it doesn't make sense. Oh, you did the nuts and bolts and she's not there? It's a really cool concept. Uh, the concept is the world is ending in a certain amount of days, but the truth of the matter is, especially when you look at the director's cut, the truth of the matter is they are in a tangent universe, a pocket universe that was not supposed to have been created. And uh, that airplane engine that fell in the house was supposed to kill Donnie, and it didn't. So I do remember that being the closest I ever got to it, is that that was like a, like a machination, and the best thing that could have happened, and the reason he laughs is because he was supposed to get killed. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Now I'm talking myself out of like, maybe I need to go back and watch Donnie Arco, because I'm not sure there's that much damn difference. Yeah. <laughs> the director's cut does a cool thing where like, it like in between certain acts, it shows you, or maybe not even acts, but like, just chapters maybe officially tells you things they like bring up pertinent uh pertinent segments of uh what's her faces the the old time travel nun oh, yeah. <laughs> grandma yeah. death they bring up uh pertinent uh, segments of grandma death's uh time journal book mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, something. It, it clues you in a little bit more about the world but i'm not sure it makes sense but yeah watch it we'll we'll do a patreon or something on it <laughs> I'm serious. Like I, I enjoy talking about that shit. Like, All right. Well, fair enough. Matt and I've spent hours, and I used to live with Matt. And Matt and I was as much time as we would hang out drinking milk and talking about Batman. Me and Matt would just sit around talking about time travel movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, Project Almanac did not make any sense. Here's why. <laughs> Well, but number one, it and said it, it said out, MTV Productions at the very beginning of the movie. That was yeah, the first was clue that wasn't going to make that was sense. A bad sign. Yeah, he he told me about that movie. The, it was the, well after the makers we makers of Joe's apartment. Yeah, it was well after we lived together. But he was like, "Hey, man, you want to go see this Project Dominant movie?" I was like, "What yeah. is that?" And he's like, "It was a time travel movie." I was like, "Absolutely, let's do it." <laughs> of course. So it was. Like, we go to see the Project Dominant and we sit down. He's like, "Yeah, it just looks really cool. All the trailers. I haven't I haven't seen anything." And the first thing we see is like MTV Productions, and we both went, "Oh!" Like we both like groaned. <laughs> That's sad. And it had some really cool moments, but it didn't make any sense. Like they abandoned their own rules pretty damn quickly. Oh, that sucks. It does. No, see, on the other hand, when I saw the Joker, first of all, I normally just see trailers for like I. I I just don't have time. We mm-hmm. watch too much television. I can't get out for regular movies. I mm-hmm. get to watch regular movies sometimes when I'm at home. I can't get out to do them anymore. Yeah. Also, baby. So yeah. I can't get out to see regular movies. And <laughs> this was not a regular comic book movie. Mm. I enjoyed the trailers way more than I normally do. Yeah. I was excited about a couple of the films I yeah. saw. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I enjoyed this movie more than, I don't know. It's different. Like we, a lot of Mar- uh, Marvel movies. I, you know, in a I lot think of it ways, an entirely different genre. It is. Um, even I mean, Warner Brothers, Marvel, entirely. Like we're we're DC on screen. This is what we cover. Joker's I, a DC character, all that, and yeah, it's still this did not feel like something we normally cover at all. No, it doesn't. And I think that might be the. Like, I'm not saying that it's better or worse than than any Marvel movie for real. I think I'm just I'm I'm you know it's good to get something different. Oh yeah, you need you need some flavor. And I think yeah. the comic book movie genre really needed this. I, I think it needs more I'm, of stuff like this. I'm kind of wondering what it might do for the the scope of things. Yeah. Because um, I, this movie's gonna make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's gonna do really. Well. I think it's gonna make it. Uh, I, I actually wouldn't be surprised. We're recording this at five fifty one right now on Saturday. Saturday night, and 
I would be astounded if it hadn't already made its money. Now, I know earlier I said that it was a little boring to me, but history shows the movies that I was a little bit bored by on the first watch or wind up Spike being up a little bit my, no they they wind up being some of my favorite movies i <laughs> yeah. hated life aquatic the first three times i watched it <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies watched now. it one time enjoyed it and walked away now see big blockbusters i watch i'm really excited about but then i and sour then, over time i'm like wow mm-hmm, yeah. it's just why did they do that they mentioned this and they never brought it back up i think this one has a lot of like subtle <laughs> character choices uh That's the fun part about this one, though, is it has a lot of really subtle choices about how Joaquin played him. Mm -hmm. And then it has a lot of really pretty bold choices about where they went with the actual uh, plot. Yeah. That I think are going to develop pretty well over time. I mean, I I think I'm going to be happier about this movie than I was the first time I saw it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty happy about it right now. Yeah. How did you feel about being wrong? (laughs) Which part of being wrong? You were so certain. You were so certain they weren't going to do the Wayne deaths. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> see. I'm a little, I'm a little nuts because I was just like sitting there going, like, show me them Wayne deaths. Make Jason wrong. Make Jason wrong. He was so certain. I forgot I said that. But yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> I was like, oh, they gonna do a big too. It's I gonna be a big wrong, thing. And they did it big, and it was a big thing. And I've already actually talked about how I thought that was a really cool twist yeah. in the universe. So. Yeah. I forgot I was wrong about that, but. I don't know. I didn't. I feel okay about being wrong. Here's here's the terrible thing. What I, I saw was pretty fun. I have a terrible memory. I feel like a bad person for just holding that and remembering it. Like Jason was wrong. Like no, just you, I would just I I was just hoping and waiting. No, you you have a way better memory for what we've talked about than I do. <laughs> My memory is pretty shitty for the most part. <laughs> I was just being. I don't know if I'm like a bright spot or what. I was but just I will being petty. I tell you about things like you've already told me about that. Okay. And, and the only <laughs> consolation I have is is like every time I, it, this happens, I'm like, well, is this how I felt about it before? Like, yeah, that's the same opinion you had before. Okay. So I'm not a different person. Yeah. I just have a poor memory. My autobiographical memory is shit. Dude, like, I mean, it's, it's the thing we both do for sure. Because, like, I won't remember stuff I say, but, like, if... I need to go back and listen to the show or whatever. Someone said something to me online, like, hey, man, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. And pretty much, if you specifically reference anything that happened on DC on screen, it doesn't matter that we did it the day before. I don't know what you're talking about. While I'm at work, I am listening to the show, waiting to hear what the hell you're talking about. No, I have to go back. About half the time, I have to go back and figure out. What we were talking about. But while I am listening to that, I'm hearing your responses and going, oh, man, you, Dave, you should have said that. And then I will say that. Oh, and yeah. I will be like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, am, I went there. Good job. And then there's another little lagging part of me. Is it's like, you're so predictable. You're, <laughs> so, you're such a basic bitch. Why would you say that? You're allowed to be basic to yourself. No. If you were surprising yourself <laughs> the entire time, you would literally have dissociative identity disorder. <laughs> well, maybe that's what we need. <laughs> that, maybe that, that's that what would I be need. A diagnosable Jason. thing. I've become too predictable to myself, Jason. <laughs> if you were like going to take a take a, a like a spoonful of dinner and you <laughs> willed it to your face and it was AAA batteries, uh-huh. you're like, well, <laughs> I got myself again. <laughs> I thought I was gonna make mashed potatoes, but yeah. ah, good job, Dave. Didn't see that coming. It was batteries. 
<laughs> but no, in, in much the same way, like you will tell me a thing and make the same jokes in the same exact way. I've done that. And five minutes later, I can I be like, I literally used the same beat yeah, to tell you. Five minutes later, I could be like, I thought I was coming up with it for the yeah, first time. And I could be like, Jason, what did you just say to me? You're like, oh, shit, I don't know. Yeah. But then, like, a month later, you'll tell me the same thing verbatim. I'm like, yeah. what is this, a freaking <laughs> rerun? What is what's happening here? I think sometimes you look at me like, are you testing me? Yeah, I think so. Like, no, if, I'm genuinely just trying to do my best right if, now. What is going on? If I didn't know your memory was so shitty, I would think you were just testing me to see if I listen. And then if it wasn't that, I would consider that perhaps you were just like, I don't know, really meticulously trying to keep up friendships by like calling people and just playing a recording of yourself talking possible possible <laughs> i have lost friends that that would probably have done I'm like, a good job of keeping my wife is like what, what are you doing you're just sitting on the phone I'm like just listen to this tape of jason <laughs> i think you fucked up and sent me the same recording from last month but uh, i'm just saying if there's anything new <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes go by. You know, he just fucked up and sent me the same tape. He forgot to fucking yeah. switch the tapes, Bethany. Yeah. He forgot to fuck. That's how far apart Dave and I are now. Yeah. Jason's decided that if I'm not going to listen to the <laughs> the pull list episodes, he's just going to, like, call me and play them for me. That actually would be fun. I would kind of enjoy <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> no, I would kind of enjoy putting up a pull list episode that was just, just me saying, Dave. I know you're not listening. I'm just going to talk for a second. Tell you what, I'm going to read my favorite verses from the Gospel of John. <laughs> just every every three words, Dave, I know you're not listening. And he for his second, Dave, I know you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to talk about right now, for now, on this, on this first look? On this whatever? Not that I can think of. At the first impressions. We're going to come back to it. And there's a lot I want to digest about the film. All right. I like part of me gets a little bit of the, oh, the suicidal ideation. Suicidal ideation. That's not a phrase I'm comfortable having fucked up. Suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the film does a really good job of portraying that little like sidestep I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one part where I'm like, I want more time with that. I want to, I want to think about this. I want to sleep on this and I, I want to have a couple of dreams about it and, and really let my rim cycles sort this shit out like I, they did a really good job with you sound like a damn hippie i know fucking rim cycles <laughs> i want to have a few dreams man what a <laughs> <laughs> he's like sitting here stroking his beard and i am i am yeah man i'm gonna have a couple of dreams about it man yeah somebody awesome. spoke and i fell into a dream man <laughs> <laughs> And then I turned into a Maxwell's coffee commercial. <laughs> Columbia House coffee. Whatever fucking bar. I don't know. The Beatles were hijacked. That's what I was saying. Um, By themselves. Yeah. <laughs> they, unfortunately, were not. By themselves. I loved hearing George later be like, oh, we used to. Maybe not in that instance. We wrote these songs, we put them on the back of a slip of paper, and then we bought them for millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, a fair insight. Do we have anything else on Joker? On Joker? Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. Go Enjoy see it. it. If you Everyone haven't. Everyone should see this movie. You shouldn't have been listening to this entire review. If you haven't seen it. Pull, pull that out. But mm-hmm. for sure, go see this movie. Be kind to people. God damn it. You sound like Marin there. <laughs> 
Is that why you brought a guitar to my house today? Because you want to play us out? No. Like Marin? No, I would, though. I, I want to play it. I bought a guitar like an hour ago, and I want to play it. Um, but my big takeaway of the movie is uh, shit can be weird for anybody. No matter how fucked up they are, be kind to them. Fucking have some sympathy, some compassion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I have. All right. Well, we're going to get it back. Don't in. shoot oh. anybody. I wasn't going to. You're sure? Oh, I shoot them with daggers from my eyes. Oh, okay. You can, you can cut eye people. Yeah. All right, so we're going to come back. Uh, I might I might post it midweek or so. Yeah. Um, we're going to do a uh, separate episode getting a little more into the mental illness issues of Joker and with our uh, friend Effie Ophelders of Stealing the Remote, mm-hmm. which we'll be recording tomorrow. So, um, yeah. But let us know what you thought of, uh, of this movie and... Um, we might just feature some of your feedback in the next uh, the next episode with Effie. So uh-huh. go ahead and do that. And I don't know. See you then. See you then. And uh, be nice. <laughs> if you if you've enjoyed what you've heard here, patreon.com slash DC on screen uh, is fairly explanatory. There is a one dollar tier and a five dollar tier tier to get the show ad free. You can do the one dollar tier if you want that the show ad free. Plus a bunch of other stuff, like Jason talking about comics. Uh, us talking about Fleetwood Mac. Us talking about Fleetwood Mac and 80 Synth and, uh, and all sorts of other bullshit. Um, <laughs> Marvel reviews. That's going to be $5 a month. So uh, we appreciate everybody who has supported us, uh, be it through word of mouth, uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes, or I guess this should say Apple Podcasts. They've, they've discontinued iTunes. Yeah, that works. I'm showing me age. <laughs> um all of those oh, things. I know. Um, um, what? I don't know. I don't know what I was saying. Sharing us on, on DC, uh, DC on screen, on, uh, Twitter uh, or Facebook is always amazing. Uh, we've gotten some, a fair amount of that recently, which has been really, uh, uplifting and nice and makes a bad day really, uh, a whole lot better. Um, so, uh, all of those things and more and more. I guess. I don't know what the more is. I don't want to agree to that outright. I don't know what Jason's thinking specifically. And I feel a little uncomfortable because he's staring right at me. Again, you know, uh, we... I was uh, staring through you thinking about how I'd love the Warner Brothers logo again. That was a great... That Yeah, the old... That was honestly... Late 70s, early 80s Warner Brothers logo. It was very nostalgic for me. Yeah, that was, that was dope. I was like... Go look at like the trailer for the original Westworld, and you'll see what we're talking about. Right. Like it's just like, oh, oh, oh no. I, that's the moment where you knew where you were you're getting into something. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, until next time, keep some DC on your screen, or whatever the fuck this one is. Keep what? that on your screen too. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.
Ford at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.